Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this new message in a brand new series. Last month, I asked you not to make your resolution yet because I want it to get you ready. I want it to give you tools so that whatever your resolution was going to be, you would have the tools. You'd, ha- you'd know what you needed to know to be able to make a decision and see it through till the end. And I gave you a lot of things that you needed last month, and I, and I really hope, I re- if you haven't watched all of last month's programming, you might want to go back and listen to it. And even if you've made a resolution already, you, you might want to say, okay, well, wait a minute. Let me put that on pause just a minute. Because you don't want to keep making resolutions that you don't see through. You don't want to keep committing yourself to something and, and then failing. So I'm going to take you through as much of this as I can. Of course, I've got a great series that's going to take you step by step if you're interested in that. But I want to talk to you today about stop killing your dreams. Now, you know, many of you may know this. You know, for years, I had a clinic. I'm a certified substance uh, detox specialist. I'm a certified substance abuse counselor. Uh, I have a doctorate in alternative medicine. And so a part of our ministry, you know, we always looked at it like spirit, soul, and body. We need to know, we need to know how to connect people to Jesus. We need to show people how to the biblical principles for physical health. We need to show people the biblical principles for emotional health. And we need to have programs to help them through, help them through those things. And so, uh, you know, one of the really interesting things was that people would come into the clinic and uh, they would want you to give them something to fix their health problem, but they didn't want to stop doing the thing that was causing the problem. Now, this, this sounds so uh, infantile in some ways. But you know, one of the things I tell people is this, you know, one of the first things you gotta, you gotta do to stop blowing up your life is stop stepping on the landmines. In other words, you got to stop killing yourself because it's not going to do you any good. The biblical, the biblical principle for transformation is to put off the old man, then put on the new man. If you do not put off the old man, you can never put on the new man. And the Hebrew alphabet, which the Hebrew alphabet is a story that starts with God and creation and our relationship and our walk with him, and it ends with us experiencing the truth. And, uh, you know, the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet is the, is the bet, and the bet is about where we connect with God in our heart, and that's where it all, that's where it all starts, and it ends with the, the tau, which is the truth. And, the, and this is not just the informational truth. This is the truth that transforms your, your whole life. Well, one of the Hebrew letters is a cup. It's a picture of a cup. And, and there are all kinds of subtle meanings about each one of these letters. But one of the things that the cup tells you is this. If your cup is full, God can't put anything new in it. And so, so that principle is carried out all throughout the Scripture. You know, you go back and you look at the Old Testament, and, 
And, and you know, I think it was Isaiah says, you got to cast down, you got to pull up, you know, you got you to break up the fallow ground. You got, you got to get rid of that that's choking out uh, the good seed. Otherwise, when you plant the good seed, it's going to die in the ground. It's not going to produce anything. So, so there has to be this, this combination of putting off what you're going to put off, what you're going to put an end to, and what you're going to put on. And the, the real truth is, for the new covenant believer, and, and when we talk about living our dreams and living our goals, I'm, I'm never talking about just getting God to give you something, just getting God to hand you something. You know, I, I want this in my life. God's not interested in handing you something. God wants you to, to be the person that can live the kind of life that you want. In other words, if you want to be successful, it's not about going out here and, and fought, working some formula. It's about being the person that can live that life. If you want to be happy, you've got to per, be a person who can be happy. It doesn't matter how many opportunities there are around you to, be, to get happy. You can't, you can't stay happy. You can experience happiness and stay happy if you're not the kind of person, if you're not a happy person. So everything God wants to do with you, just like the Hebrew alphabet indicates, it starts in your heart. If it does not start in your heart, um, it's not going to end well. You're not really going to end up living the truth. So, so this month, all month long, our, our theme for this month and our special offer for this month is taking the limits off God. Now, I can remember uh, back in the 70s, you know, the first book I ever published, it wasn't the first book I wrote, but the first book I ever published was called Taking the Limits Off God. And man, that book has so, sold out in, into the millions. We don't even, it's, it's gone around the globe. I don't know how many times and how many different languages. But, you know, there was, there was such a mystical concept of God, such a mystical concept of faith that, uh, People had this idea that we couldn't limit God. You know, God, God was going to do whatever he wanted to do. Well, that's, that's not true. God can't do what he wants to do. God can only do in planet Earth and specifically in your life what you will allow him to do because he has given us authority in planet Earth. And uh, according to the scripture, you know, we have authority over ourselves. We have authority over all that God has created according to the Word of God. And uh, God rules in our life only to the degree that we surrender to His rule, that we allow Him to express Himself in our lives. And so the idea that we could limit God was just foreign when I, when I wrote this book and when I, when I published it. I actually uh, wrote it pretty much in the 70s and, and published it uh, in the early, early 80s. Now. The thing, one of the things that inspired me with this book was the fact that God has always wanted to do more for us than we would actually allow him to do. Now, that, that, that's pretty phenomenal. By the way, just in case you're, just in case you're wondering, um, Psalm 78, which is just such an incredible psalm, there, there's some places in it that really seem pretty negative and... and uh, that's only, because, that's only because we have this tendency to not really take it in context. But Psalm 78, 41 is where it talks about the children of Israel. 
In verse 40, it talks about how, how that they provoked him in the wilderness and they grieved him. Well, how did they grieve him? Well, they grieved him primarily because they would not let him be as good to them as he wanted to be. You know, God wanted to take the children of Israel straight out of Egypt to Mount Sinai and an 11 day journey into the promised land. That's what God wanted. God did not want them roaming around in the wilderness for 40 years. That was bad for God's reputation. That was bad for everybody's reputation. God has always wanted to and has always given us more than we are willing to receive. Stop and think about the scriptures where it talks about all things are possible. Where it talks about him giving us the desires of our heart. Where it talks about he has given us all things for our, for our uh, enjoyment. You start reading the scriptures like that and you kind of look at your life and go, well, you know, I, I'm not doubting the scripture, but that's not what happened in my life. You know, I, I, I'm not looking around every single thing in my life bringing enjoyment. I'm not, I'm not living the desires of my heart. Well, it's because we limit God. Now, religion will tell you that God is being limited because you got to do more of something. You got to perform more. You got to work harder, all these kinds of things. But the real truth is um, most of what we've got to do is we've just got to stop doing the things that limit or prohibit God from being able to work in us and through us. And so he goes on to say, you know, they greet him and it says again and again, they tempted or tested or put God on trial and they limited the Holy One of Israel. So, so this, is, this, is, this is where we're going. This is where we're going to spend the month. We're going to talk not just about things that, that limit us or limit God, but we're going to talk about how to move past those, those limitations, how to open our heart up, how to get into a place where we're letting God be God in our lives. And we stop trying to be God in our lives. And we, you know, we stop trying to work the formulas. And we just get out of the way and, and, and let it happen. You know, it's an interesting thing. Uh, and of course, of course, you know, I study health and, and have, you know, for uh, decades. But uh, it's really interesting the things that we restrict in our physical body when we are holding tension in our body. Or, or for example, let's, let's say that if you were in a situation where you thought there was danger, man, you would, you would start squinting your eyes and you would start trying to look out across the horizon and you'd start trying to zero in on anything, anything that, that, might be, that might possibly hurt you or bring harm into your life. Well, what's really interesting is that effort that you put into trying to see something, you know, that, that you have not yet identified or found actually causes you to see less. You, you actually activate fewer nerve endings whenever you, whenever you try to look intently at something than you do when you relax your vision. And so when you relax your vision, actually, you start seeing more, seeing more clearly, which means if you'll just get out of the way and relax, enter that place of rest, you'll very quickly spot the things that you want to avoid and you'll be able to stay out of trouble and you'll be able to not step on any of the landmines. So, so for example, it's, um, you take a, a, a boxer, for example. And now, uh, a boxer that is always tense 
It's really, really interesting. Boxer is always tense and always, you know, kind of, you know, trying to hold his arms tight and, you know, ready to punch. The truth is that boxer cannot punch as hard as the boxer that is totally relaxed. As a matter of fact, holding all that tension gets him tireder and tireder. It reduces blood flow. It re reduces circulation. And the real truth is it could cost him the fight. And it, had he relaxed, he would have taken the limits off of his strength. He would have been able to express his strength to the absolute fullest. But you know, we don't think that way. We are we're absolutely not taught to think that way. We don't live that way. We, we, think, we think if I'll just try harder, if I'll just believe harder, you know, it, it, almost anything that you're trying to do. Now, many of you know that, that I have developed what I call a program called Heart Physics. And Heart Physics is more than just a program. It's a, it's a way of looking at life. And because there's no contradiction with God, there's no contradiction, there's no chaos in any of God's creation, uh, everything that God has done, He has done consistently and congruently. And, when you, and anything that God has ever done that you truly understand what He did, why He did it, how He did it, then that will always apply to everything else that God has ever done or ever going to do. And suddenly, God gets incredibly non-complicated. And so heart physics was built around the idea that all of the laws of physics are a reflection are a, and are, they are congruent with how God created the heart and, and, and how our heart actually functions. Now, you know, one of the laws of physics says that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Now, I see this in people trying to believe. And they're putting forth all of this effort to believe, trying to believe, trying to believe, trying to believe. Well, if for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction, then the real truth is the harder you try to believe, very possibly the less likely it is that you're ever going to come to believe something because you're, you're creating a, a reaction. Uh, for example, the person who wants to become something, the person who's I'm, I'm trying to become this. I'm trying to become, trying real hard. And they're always trying to become. Well, one of the things that they're constant, the reaction is in their heart, they're always saying to themselves, I'm not that, you know. So the harder I try to convince myself that I am that, then the more my heart becomes convinced that I'm not that. Does, does that make sense? Or like the person who's trying to get healed. You know, I, I have seen people spend their entire lives, good people, godly people, trying to get healed and never get healed. And then you'll just see somebody kind of stumble into a service one day. That might, it might be the first time they ever came to church. Or, and they just come in and just kind of they go, oh, okay. Bam, they get healed. But, well, why? You know, we try to come up with all the, why did that person get healed? That other person is a godly person. That other person has been serving God all their life. Because that other person was trying, and all their effort was, I've got to get healed. Well, the more I convince myself that I've got to get healed, the more I actually convince myself that I'm not healed, that healing isn't mine. So for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And see, we really, we don't know how to just take the limits off of God just by coming to focus on this is who I am. This is, this is not who I'm becoming. This is what I have. I'm not trying to get anything. This is what is mine. I'm not trying to take anything from anywhere. And we, we have no concept of just being 
and having. It's always about becoming and getting. And so we connect becoming and getting. Well, the more you try to become, the less you believe you are. The more you try to get, the less you believe that you have. Now, I hope this isn't just flying over your heads. But we have all of these ways that we limit God, but we package all of this stuff in something that looks like faith. We package it in something that looks like we're trying to grow. We package it in something that, that makes us feel like we're, you know, we're, trying, to, we're, we're trying to make this, this journey. And, and really, honestly, we, we, we deceive ourselves and we become the limiting factor. And sometimes the ultimate limiting factor is the effort that we're putting into trying to have something, trying to be something, trying to accomplish something, try, trying to get something. So, you know, uh, I want to teach you this month the whole concept of, let's say, of being and having, not getting and not becoming, just being and having. So let's talk about the children of Israel because the Bible tells us that Israel's journey out of Egypt to the promised land and then what happened to them in the promised land, that this is the model. This is the example that we need to be looking at to understand how our struggles with God are being developed. And we need, to, we need to see what they did and what their logic was and how they thought and how they behaved because of their thoughts and beliefs. And we need to understand that is the model that we look at to understand what's keeping us from enjoying kingdom living, what's keeping us from having heaven on earth. And so, so we're going to talk about how to stop limiting God in your life. You know, um, in every situation that, that we face, we're going to deal with the whole issue of, of unbelief and belief. We're going to deal with doubt. We're going to deal with faith. And one of the problems is, is when you start talking about doubt and faith, uh, we, we really have such religious concepts of what those words even mean. That, that honestly, we make it hard to sort through and get to the truth. Because, you know, back in the 60s and 70s and 80s, man, I'm telling you what, uh, if, you know, people are always accusing one another of, of, of just not having enough faith, just don't have enough faith, just don't have enough faith, just don't have enough faith. You know, I, I would look at that and I would think, well, the Bible tells us that God has given every, every man a measure of faith. And I'm like, well, okay, so I've got a measure of faith. And I think, you know, the, the, the greatest miracle that will ever take place in your life is not getting healed. The greatest miracle that will ever take place in your life is getting born again. The greatest miracle that's going to take place in your life is not going to be God taking a, a broke person and, and, and leading them through prosperity. The greatest miracle that's ever going to take place in your life is God taking a, a sinner and making them righteous. In other words, the greatest thing that's ever going to happen in your life, the greatest manifestation of God's power happen when you got born again. Now, by the way, let me say this. When God would talk about the children of Israel limiting him and, 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 and judging him and, and, and making it just impossible for him to, to, to operate in their lives, one of the things he would always talk about is they, they didn't remember. And one of the first things he would always say, they didn't remember that I brought them out of Egypt. You know what? 
one of the most powerful things that we need to be remembering is, who was I before I got saved? Who, am I, who, who, did, who did God make me to be because I got saved? And I'm telling you what, that, we never need to lose touch with that story, with that salvation experience and the fact that we were lost and now we're saved. And we need to be able to start from there and, and kind of move forward through time and always remember who we are in Jesus, what we have in Jesus, who we were, what scumbags we were. Well, maybe you weren't a scumbag. Maybe you were a pretty nice person, but you know what? You still didn't know God, and you still uh, were on your way to an eternity without God until Jesus came into your life. And so God would tell the children of Israel, you know, you, you, you've forgotten. I did the biggest thing that's ever going to happen in your life and really, all you did was accept it. All you did was you stopped limiting me. You didn't put any limitations on me. You didn't, you didn't try to get good enough to get saved. You didn't try hard enough to believe that you could get saved. You just accepted my word. You just accepted my promise. And the most phenomenal thing that ever happened in your life happened. Well, you know what? That, that's where we want to be with everything. We want to be at the place with every situation where we make it as simple as it was when we got born again. I'm gonna share something with you that's gonna be so phenomenal. It's going to make, not only is your walk with God easier, but it's gonna make ministering to other people easier. It's going to make moving and flowing in the Holy Spirit easier than you ever imagined possible. My entire life turned around. Everything about my effectiveness in life, my effectiveness in ministry, my effectiveness in personal developed changed when I discovered that God is all that he is in the heart and in the life of every single believer. So why am I not seeing all these things? Why am I not seeing the things that, that Jesus saw and, and all the disciples saw in the early church? Well, it's real simple. In Psalm 78, it tells us, yes, again and again, they, the children of Israel, tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. I will never forget coming to the realization that the only limitations in my life with God was the ones that I put on him. I didn't intend to put them on him. It wasn't, there's no big mystical secret to it. And immediately I went out and put this into practice. I went out and ministered all over the world, all over the United States, saw phenomenal things happen. But even more importantly, phenomenal things happen in my own life and my own development. Listen, I've got a series called Taking the Limits Off God and a book and i'm going to tell you it's a book that's going to help you and it's a great book for you to give to other people it's one of those it's one of those books is short everybody can read it everybody can understand it if you're ready to take the limits off of god in your life check out the series and the book and you know what we got a special offer for you if you order them in a bundle I'm trying to do everything I can to make this as inexpensive for you. And I'll tell you this, we're going to use the money you purchased that, that product with to go out and reach the world for Jesus. You know, one of the things that set me off in this whole, this whole taking the limits off God, back when I wrote the book, uh, was I was reading in the book of Psalms where God said, listen to this, he said, I would have given them honey from the rock. Now, stop and think about it. It was miraculous. The children of Israel, man, they're out, and they're out in the wilderness, and they could die from a lack of water. And so, man, they're crying out to God for water, and they're doubting that God's even going to be able to do it. They're mad at Moses and blaming Moses and all this kind of stuff. 
And man, they experienced this incredible miracle of millions of gallons of water gushing forth from a rock. You know what's interesting is, uh, as archaeologists have found exactly where that happens, and they can tell uh, that millions of gallons of, of water had to have come through this rock because of the way that it affected the terrain and everything around it. But what's interesting is, you know, we look at that, man, that, that in and of itself is just such an incredible miracle. I mean, it is a phenomenal miracle. But God says, look, you got water from the rock. That was a pretty good miracle. But I wanted to give you honey from the rock. Whoa, what? In other words, no matter what you've got from God and how good it is, I want you to know something. God, God really wants you to have better than you're getting. Remember, the apostle Paul said, said look, he wants to do things in your life that's better than anything you've ever heard, better than anything you've ever seen, and better than anything you've ever even imagined in your own heart. And he's going to do this by the Spirit to the degree that we open our hearts up, to the degree that we come to that place that, yes, all things are possible to him that believe. You know what you got to believe? You got to believe that all things are possible, but you also got to believe in the God who wants you to have a life that is better than anything that you've ever imagined. See, when, we, when, when people would talk about unbelief in the, in, the, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, they were talking about, you, you don't have enough faith to believe God can do this, this kind of particular thing. Or maybe you'd think, well, you're saying I don't have faith, but I believe in God. But you know something, but believing in God is just a small part of it. I mean, uh, a lot of people believe in God. They believe in their version of God. Do you believe in a God who wants to do better than you have ever imagined? Do you believe in a God who wants to do better than you have ever experienced? You know, I have seen cripples get up and walk. I have seen blind eyes open. I have seen deaf ears open. I have seen every miracle in the New Testament. I've seen it happen in my crusades around the world. But I got news for you. God's got better stuff than that. And, and sometimes when I think about all those miracles that I've seen, sometimes I think about all the miracles I've experienced in my own life and think God has not yet done the best for me that he can do because I, I, he's only done as much for me as I have been able to let him do because of my beliefs about how good he is. And I'll tell you, the number one limitation that we have about God is based on the fact that we, we don't, just don't believe how good God is. Now, I, I want to take, take you on this journey, and we're going to talk about doubt. We're going to talk about unbelief. We're talking about how to get over doubt. We're going to talk about how to get over unbelief. We're going, we're talk, going to talk about how to wade through all these things and make all these changes. But I'm telling you something. I, w I want to give you just some practical things real quick, like, that, um, um, that, you can, that, that you can do. Because what we're going to do right now is we are going to, we're going to go on this journey of saying, okay, I, I'm going to start. I just want to, I want to remove the boundaries. I'm just going to, I'm going to break up the fallow ground. I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to deal with the most basic things. And uh, uh, by dealing with those things, I am going to, I'm going to open myself up to something. I want, you, I want you to begin to just remind yourself every single day and just write this down. God is better than I have ever imagined. And, and I mean, that's just something you need to start saying to you. God is better than I have ever imagined. And then the second thing that I want you to write down, I want you to begin thinking about and saying to yourself, and you know, don't just say this, say this stuff prayerfully. Let God know. I, make this alive to me, God. Bring this to life to me. God is better than I've ever imagined. But the second thing is, and God has a life for me that is better than anything that I have ever imagined. 
I want to tell you something. Just those two beliefs right there will begin to crack that hard shell around our heart and, and move us past the current boundaries that we've got. Now, listen, share this with people. Be here every week because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take you on a great journey. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.